listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. Okay, you we're rolling. mine too. Huh? You have to have a female voice. We need a female voice in this yeah. podcast, and it's going to have to be Josh. At least, no, Michael's here. Ho-ho. But Michael's the chocolate voice. Shots fired. Yeah. So. I can bring the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, not like that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're probably going to start this over. But No, that's perfect. But, okay. Yeah, that's good. Oh, if you've been recording. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Oops. Maybe we could just <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, yeah, the key and peel still in my head. Yeah. All right. We're, yeah. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Welcome to the U Loft podcast. My name is. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the U Loft podcast. My name is Michael Bond, and I will be one of your hosts today. I am sitting here with Kendall Kersey. What up? Caleb Fugate. Hey. And Josh Rupika. Hey. Josh has to have a female voice though, because yeah. he's wait, the female. Wait, wait. That's how you say your last name. I, Seriously? I, yeah, I actually knew that. I just wanted to. All right. No, no, no. You're using the wrong voice, dude. What? You have to have a female yeah, voice. You have to sound like this. I couldn't. I couldn't even if I tried. Yeah. Well, we, I don't know if you could, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's different. That's they different. They don't have a falsetto <laughs> that you can that's, use. That's not for here, though. Yeah. Okay. What's the mean, stage? Yeah, we we could play we, lo- we just the thing is is we lost our female representation on the podcast because uh you know she has a kid that she has to attend to. So mm. Michael he already took that. He's good. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't been to the gym in like two months. So well, like, we're not gonna talk about that now. Yeah. So uh, well but, anyway. But a gym can, gyms can become idols, can't they, Michael? That's true. Oh wow. Look what at that. A, segue. Look at that. There we that, go. There we go. That was uh, possibly the roughest launch in podcast <laughs> history, but that was a beautiful segue, which just makes it smooth as a fine peanut butter. Okay. I feel like we should have like a like a buyer merch transition where we have like a like you know you watch YouTube videos uh-huh. and they always have like a twenty second like sponsor uh-huh. segment like can when they always have really terrible transitions into yeah. them on purpose. We need to do that. Yeah, we could just, for our transitions, we could just count down. Like we talk about merch and then we get to the end of the merch and then we say, okay, guys, three, two, one, idolatry. And then we start that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway. Or we could just keep giving you a hard time and making you squirm because we keep messing up your intros, which I love doing anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah. So idolatry. Three, two, one. Three, two, one, idolatry. Okay, so we're going to talk about idolatry today. And the reason why we're going to talk about this is because we just went through First uh, Kings chapter 18 and 19 at the last Unite. If you have not listened to that, you should go back to the United IUP YouTube channel and check it out there. You can also find that content on unitediup.com. Idolatry is important in this discussion. Go read it in Second Kings. 18. That's true. You probably yes. should do that. In first. fact, I recommend to, I would do that. Yeah, read yeah. The, read what God said first before you listen to what Michael said about <laughs> yeah. it. I yeah. mean, it's good. Like Michael, what he said was great, but. The yeah. Bible's better, no offense. Indeed. Actually, offense. Yeah. Be better, Michael. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so uh, cor- correction, I'm actually here with the three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> you know their names Fair. now. Fair. So <laughs> when uh, when most people hear the term idolatry, I think that they think of like little hand carved Buddha statues and shrines, Asherah statues, Asherah statues. Yeah. Um, so, but what is idolatry actually, uh, and what are some ways that we see it manifest in our own generation? Because uh, part of the the reason why we're talking about this is in First Kings chapter eighteen, we see the prophets of Baal come to a pretty brutal end at the hand of all of the prophet Elijah, and their idolatry is the reason why they came to that end. And so, it stands to reason that even today we would want to avoid idolatry because we don't want that sort of thing to come about for us. You know, maybe not being slain by the sword, but. We don't want to uh, our, our lives to kind of rattle apart or be chasing after the wrong thing and then that end up coloring all kinds of other areas of our lives uh, and maybe not realizing that idolatry is the, the problem that is fundamental to a whole bunch of other problems that are cropping up for us. So what does idolatry look like in the modern world? How do we see it manifest in our own generation? I think the first place you have to start is... Um I mean, we just, not just in our own world, but we need to have a foundational element of what, or a foundational definition of what idolatry is in general. And I would say that it just goes back to uh, the Ten Commandments and God saying, do not have any other gods before me. Um, So when you say, typically you might think of an idol as a trinket or a statue or something like that, uh, really idolatry is simply having anything, putting anything in the God seat if you will, putting anything above God. If you had, you know, a hierarchy of needs or a hierarchy of things that you devote yourself to or people that you devote yourself to, um, if God is not number one, then that would be idolatry. And so I think if we start there, then we can have the conversation of, but what does that actually look like in today's day and age? Because if we dig deep enough, well, you know what? If we dig simply a little bit, not even very deep. I would say that there's probably a lot of idolatry going on um, inside the church, inside the Christian body, uh, and also amongst non-believers, very much amongst non-believers. But even amongst believers, I think if you really took the time to sit down, uh, you would see that there's probably a lot of idolatry in your life that you just don't recognize. And that's why we're talking about this. So, I would agree with that. Yeah, so one of the... Um, <laughs> Profound. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm more worried. Is this camera on? No. Oh, okay. No. I was like, it's looking right at me. I wasn't sure. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, so one of the things that I think the church gets accused of idolizing frequently in the West is comfort or prosperity. Uh, we don't want to get out of our way. If our Christianity requires us to become uncomfortable or requires us to sacrifice uh the running idea is that many Christians would not do that. And that's because fundamentally they're not really following Jesus, at least not entirely, not consistently. I don't ever like to say that just because somebody has like a thing that's really important to them, that they're not following Jesus. I think it's possible for people to follow Jesus inconsistently. Like they follow Jesus in a lot of areas of their life, but in some areas they're just like, nope, haven't surrendered that yet. And that means that they're not all they could be in Christ, but it doesn't mean that they're not in Christ at all. Well, mm. What do you think about that? Do you think it's possible that people can follow Christ inconsistently and that uh, just because they have an idol in certain a certain part of their life, that that doesn't mean that they are fundamentally an idolater? I sure hope so. Yeah, I, 
it's kind of the whole point of grace, isn't it? It's like if I can't, if I am expected to be perfect the moment I am saved, I well, boy, I'm screwed over. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if that's the case, <clears throat> none of us are held to that standard. And we have like pastors in this room who it's like the people that we put up on pinnacles to say like these guys are the holiest of holies. And it's like, man, I screw that up all the time. I could tell you a bunch of idols I have in my life that I'm trying to work on. Right? It's not like it happens easily. In fact, part of what makes idolatry so pernicious and difficult is um, like they're hard to root out because the roots go deep, right? They have, um, whether it's, you know, comfort's one thing, but it's like whatever that idol is, it, it has taken the place of God for a particular reason, right? And things that take the place of God are hard to get out of that way, right? Mm-hmm. That's why God should be the only one in that place. Yeah, and I think that, so one of the things we might ask is what happens to a person or what happens to a person's heart whenever they become an idolater or whenever idolatry is rampant in their heart. And I think one of the things is that, imagine you are a person who idolizes wealth or money. Okay, that that's an idol to you. Mm-hmm. That's going to determine the way you see the world ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like when you go out and walk about on a day-to-day basis, you're just going to be looking for ways to make money or to save money or to spend your money. Like it begins to color your perception itself. So one of the things that I think is interesting about humans is that, um, you know, we can really, we, we can look in one place and we can aim, but like stuff that's off to the side is really hard for us to pay attention to. Like we have a focus. Okay. And so, and that focus is very expensive because if we're choosing to look at one thing, we're choosing to ignore a hundred other things. And so if we put something that's not God at the top spot, then that thing begins to cascade down the rest of the rank ordered values. And it also determines all the way down to what we choose to look at with our eyes uh, is determined by that top spot everything else that's what an idol is is that that highest value every, all your other values become subservient to it mm-hmm. so if your highest value is money and somebody comes to you who's like maybe a family member or a loved one who needs your help or needs your money and you know they can't offer you any profit in return and your highest value is money and not your loved one you're going to be like well I'm sorry i can't help you like Sucks don't take my money suck. yeah no i think <clears throat> excuse me i think that we need to also i think we need to go back for a moment to your original question and say, what does idolatry actually look like today to, to you who's listening right now? Because you might be thinking, okay, well, you know, Kendall and Caleb and Michael all just said like idolatry runs rampant and it's probably already in my life, but I don't know where, like, where is that? And so I think it'd be important for us to kind of maybe lay out some ideas of, well, it could be this, or it could be that, or maybe here's one that you don't even recognize, um, but it is, but it's here. Um, and I'm actually going to turn it over to uh, to Josh on this because I feel like unless I tell him to say something, he's going to sit there and listen to us. So I was waiting for the Josh. Today. I'm giving it. I'm the giving cue. you the head. Here's the, the, the nod, yeah. like the the head nod. The Go wink. ahead, um, because Josh actually brought up this topic and has a really good uh, opinion on, you know, what are some things that are creeping in maybe that we don't even recognize are idols? Yeah. So some of the sneakiest forms of idolatry, and there's, there's two different versions inside the church and outside the church. And, and I would say, especially being like a worship leader, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And so smaller churches, we tend to look to the, to the more successful ones and 
we see the things that they are doing and we put them on platforms like I'm definitely, you know, at fault for this. I put worship leaders, you know, who have sold all these albums and they seem to be doing all the right things. And it's like, oh, it's for the kingdom. And if I want to be successful, then I need to copy what they're doing. Right. But I think what you guys said earlier is if like, man, if they are above anything above God is idolatry. And it's like the question I always have to ask myself is why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, am I doing this for God? Am I doing it for the kingdom? Or am I just doing it to replicate this certain worship leader? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but outside the church, I would look to people. So the the real thing that kind of brought us all here was the whole Harry Styles thing. Harry Styles come into town and, and people just fangirling over him. And I, I think it's okay to to love and admire someone and, and want to be all about them. But it's like, man, are you putting your hope? Are you putting your faith? Are you putting everything towards them? Well, you're going to be disappointed at some point because they're not Jesus. They're not God. They're not going to fulfill you the way that your soul actually needs to be fulfilled. So yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. I think the important thing to note there is it's not just about Harry Styles or the people who, you know, uh, fawn over him. Essentially. He's just the one that is in front of us right now. And I think it's important to know that Styles in town. Well, he was in Pittsburgh and and the surrounding cities close enough for, for some, uh, to go visit the surrounding cities as well. And so, um, yeah, but Anyways, he's like, you know, massive, obviously, right now. I mean, he was in a Marvel movie, like, in the end credits scene. Like, come on, you know, he's massive right now. And so he's an easy target, or anybody who fawns at him is an easy target. However, um, I think that we, again, we all do that. We all have people who we idolize in some way that we would say, no, 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 I don't idolize them. I don't want to, you know, whatever. But if you want to uh, be just like them, or the mm-hmm. things that you do are trying to be like them, like especially in the church, our mission is to be like Jesus. And I'm not gonna go like, you know, I mean that that seems like a super hard, like black and white thing, but it is true. Like we imitate Christ. Even Paul said, be an imitator of me as I imitate Christ, <clears throat> not as I am me. As yeah. I'm being myself. I'm going to do me, and then I also want you to be like me. No, he didn't say that. He said, follow me like I follow Christ. Imitate me like I imitate Christ. So that's within the church, right? And that's to your point of the worship leaders. Right. However, um, I, I do see it a lot with musicians or uh, artists in any way, or um, I guess you know actors and actresses would technically be artists or even um, inventors or whatever that might be, just public figures in general, right? Where a lot of people flock to them and they try to say, that is my savior, their art saves mm-hmm. me, their lyrics save me, their lyrics change me, um, or that is my savior. Their politics is what I need in my life, and that's going to change my life and bring me salvation. Um, and we might not be saying salvation from a spiritual standpoint, right? but how many times have we ever heard anybody say like, oh, this, cha- this song changed my life, or mm-hmm. this person changed my life? And it's like, oh, man. To me, when I hear those things, even inside the church, it makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. And I've said them before, even to listen to worship music, like, dude, that song, man, that song is incredible. That song changed me. That, chung- that song changed my life. And like, okay, maybe, but mm-hmm. really what actually changed my life is, is Jesus in that song, is, is the fact that that song glorifies Jesus. And I need to have my mind <clears throat> more set on what is God doing through that right. <clears throat> versus just the song. And right. the key is you can't do that 
outside of Christ. You can't do that outside of Christ-centered things. So that's why, like, when we idolize someone like Harry Styles, Harry Styles changed my life, then it's very difficult to say that that person is not in front of God. Right. And, and I think that something to think about is that God can use those songs and especially, like, you know, especially worship because those songs are about him, you know, but God can use those songs to change your life. But the question to ask is, is the main thing, the main thing, right? So is my, is my center on Jesus? Am I focused on Jesus here? Is he number one throughout this? Or am I just worshiping this song because lyrically, oh, that's really cool. And it's got a good melody to it, you know? So what is the main thing? Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, interestingly enough, and I'm going to take a a broad view of Scripture for a hot sec, um, the one danger about idolatry is that, well, one of the dangers about idolatry is that um, people don't realize they're doing it. Mm -hmm. It goes unseen, right? And especially if you get large groups of people who are doing it, it really goes unseen. And I mean, okay, so in the past three years, how many mega churchy pastor type folk have fallen? I'll just use that word. Um, and people's lives were crushed because they were idolized. Mm-hmm. Lots. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. Lots. <laughs> um, and you have millions of people who have been bamboozled, right? Because they didn't realize that that was an idol. Um, and every, almost every single time in scripture, it takes an outside person to come in and say, you're being idolatrous, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So take the story from second Kings, for example, chapter 18, the people had no idea, right? It took a prophet coming in saying, you guys aren't worshiping. Um, you have turned a blind eye. You don't see anymore. You don't hear from God anymore. And it takes someone coming in. Gideon had to go in and wipe all, out all the idols out of the temples because the people had no idea. They couldn't hear anymore. They couldn't see anymore. And interestingly enough, it's interesting that um, Elijah makes this comment about Baal not hearing, in Second Kings 18, not hearing their cries, mm-hmm. right? And in the same way, the people weren't hearing anymore. So it's like the yeah, the they, I, the problems of the idols themselves then get transferred yeah. to the people themselves, right? Yeah, dude, that's and good. It, it happens a lot, um, and it's it's so unfortunate because sin in general has this habit of blinding us to the actual sin going on. Mm-hmm. Idolatry in particular is even more difficult to detect because you have you'll have thousands upon pa- thousands of people doing it, and it's like, well, all of these people can't be wrong. Yeah. The answer is yeah, they can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to say something a whole to that nation was wrong because um, I one of the things that I have very much uh, idolized in my life is um, is fitness. Like there was a period of time where fitness and athleticism and all that was the number one thing in my life, mm-hmm. and I would have told you, no, 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 I'm doing this for the glory of God. This is the temple. Like God yeah. gave me this temple, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna like make it as good as I possibly can. Yeah. But I was so blind to the fact that I was spending probably ten times more the amount of time on thinking about fitness and planning like planning my next day planning my meals getting it all together mm-hmm. doing all of my mobility stretching that's not even including the time in the gym i mean it was 8 hours a day 
that I was focusing on fitness and athleticism and about 30 minutes in the morning that I was reading my Bible and praying. And I'm not saying that I should have prayed and read my Bible for eight hours, but I am saying that I wasn't giving much more thought to God or to his workings or to what he wanted to do in me. And I was being blinded by a bunch of other things, but that was a main thing in my life that I was so blind to. And so even now, as much as I love working out and eating decently and trying to be healthy for my family, it has a totally different, you know, it has a totally different context now because now it doesn't take seat number one. Um, Now it takes, it takes a third or fourth or fifth seat in my life because it doesn't really, you know, at the end of the day, like if I wake up and I've got stuff to tend to with my family or, or I want to spend time with God a little bit more, or I've got something at work to do that. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to worry so much about, well, I didn't get to the gym for three hours today and, and I didn't eat perfect and blah, blah, blah. And so like, there's a bunch of idols that I know that I've seen in my life that I would not have recognized. Another one for me is, is even work. Like work can easily become an idol for me. Yeah. So here's um, maybe two ways that you can discover whether or not you're idolizing something. I think one is to ask yourself, what thing in your life are you most sacrificing for? So if the, the thing that you, you're willing to sacrifice the other things to, that's yeah. your idol. Yeah. So like it, it, we see the motif of sacrificing to God, which is what we should do. Like that's the kind of the idea, like of putting yourself in alignment with God and sacrificing the things that are outside the will of God for your life. <clears throat> but uh, if you begin to sacrifice your family, if you begin to sacrifice your walk with Christ, if you begin to sacrifice all these other things in service to some other dimension of your life, that dimension of your life has become an idol. Mm-hmm. And then the second yeah. way is, and this is particularly um, prescient or not prescient, but um, relevant to uh, if you pr- possibly idolize another person. The question is, or the question you should ask yourself is, are you able to recognize when they say something is true as true mm. independent of their character and who they are? So for instance, if you're able to listen to a Ravi Zacharias lecture today and still gather, sort the wheat from the chaff, yeah. then you don't idolize him. But if you <laughs> idolize him, uh, it's going to be very difficult for you to listen to his content now because of the things that came to light about him. And that goes for any. Well, and the reverse is true. Can you, can you point out the obvious failures for someone mm-hmm. regardless of their character? Like you might love a person, but if you can't point out where they're wrong, maybe you, you're blinded to the, yeah, yeah. the problems that are going on. Definitely. Yeah. So if you find yourself making, making excuses and justifications for another person, yep. um, maybe your leader or whatever it is, uh, then there's a good chance that you idolize that person. And so then you say, okay, well, why not idolize a church leader? Why not idolize a person? Well, I think one of the main reasons is because look what happened to the prophets when they were trying to get Baal to come forward. He didn't come. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up for them. And I think that that's what happens when you idolize a person is that you end up being betrayed. Yep. It, there's no way around it. Not only a person, but anything. Like nothing is going to fulfill. Like everything is going to betray you in the end. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. And that's wow, why. That was dark. Well, no, but I mean. <laughs> but right, we'll just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it goes along with our series we're in, okay? So no. It does, you're right. Every <laughs> single thing, everything in this life is going to let you down. Yeah. Like I look at my son who is two years old. 
and he is wonderfully beautiful and I mean crazy, but like wonderfully beautiful. And the only bad things he does is like wreck my house, but he doesn't know any better because he's two, right? And I can look at him and go, man, I love that boy so much. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking at one point he's going to do something so dumb that I'm going to have to be like, but I still love you so much. Like, so even my own kids, right? Like everything in this life, everything in this life is going to fail me at some point, or I'm not going to have it anymore. One day I'm not going to be fit enough to work. I'm not going to be healthy enough to work out like I want to. I am going to be failed by everything in this world, except for my relationship with God Mm. that comes through Jesus. And that's why God said, don't put anything else before me because everything else will fail you. And to keep with the theme of the month that we've been talking about, life sucks. And then like, if you want life to suck even worse, put all your stock in a human being, put all your stock in your job, put all your stock in your identity, put all of your stock in what you do or what you're aspiring to do or your relationships here on earth. And guess what? Inevitably, life is going to suck so much worse for you because you're not going to have what you need when those people inevitably or those things inevitably fail you. You're not going to have that connection with God to bring you back to hope. It's impossible. And that's why God says don't do it. We've said many times before that God doesn't want you, God didn't set up a list of rules or, or demands, if you will. Like he didn't set up these things um, to make you have a crappy life or to give you a boring life. He gave this, he gave this to you so that you could have a better life, a more fulfilling life and a life that doesn't lead to so much stinking pain. Because we're all going to have pain, but if we focus on God and if we follow him and his word, then that pain is minimized or that pain is, is we're able to have healing in there. So that's the reason why he says, don't do it. So, uh, the sad part about this is, and we touched on this is that people who are captivated by an idol often are blind and deaf to the truth of things. And so they'll hear, you know, we can say, look, what you're doing is a recipe for despair and misery. And what that person hears often is like, well, yeah, maybe for most people or for a lot of people, that's what is going to happen to them, but not me because of this thing, not me because of this. So, so then let's just say that we have to walk it out with that person and they have to, it has to, their idol has to crash in front of them and they have to experience that pit of despair and misery. Um, what do we do as Christians when that person comes out on the other side of that tunnel? Like how do we bring them back to hope once they're, once that which they held as God betrays them and, and they feel like, uh, you know, their highest value, the thing that was supposed to take care of them, the thing that was supposed to fulfill them didn't in the moment. And then they feel that, that utter disappointment and despair. What do we do? I mean, that starts with relationship. That starts with discipleship. So we're talking about how celebrity pastors, they fall. Everything that you put faith in will one day just come crashing down. And I think that the best thing to help someone is to just be their support in that and walk with them through that. So, like, I remember, was it, like, a year ago now that the whole Carl Lentz thing came out from Hillsong, and, like, he was one of my pastors that I would look to. You know, I, like, loved the dude. And when the thing came out about him, like, I was crushed, right? Because when you put all your faith in, like, it's it's almost, like, disrespectful to idolize someone because then it's, like, saying, oh, they don't need Jesus. Like, they have it all together, right? 
So then you're putting them on this pedestal and it not only hurts you in the end, but it also hurts them. But I think the best way to help someone is to form that relationship with them and to help walk with them through that. So then when their idol inevitably does fall, it's they're not going to take the hit as bad because they still have that support and they still can have like freedom from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's always to bring them back to the word of God. You know, like, yes, it starts with a relationship, but assuming that we have a relationship with someone that we can speak into, it goes back to speaking the truth, like speaking the truth in love about like, hey, maybe, maybe I'm sorry that that person betrayed you. Or maybe I'm sorry that I was thinking about this too. Like, uh, it's not that maybe <laughs> just again, I'm not ragging on anybody in particular, but maybe Harry Styles doesn't betray you, but he dies one day and mm-hmm. you're still alive. Mm-hmm. Like then he's gone and he doesn't betray you, but he still failed you cause he's dead. So right. that was really harsh too. But <laughs> Harry Styles, saying. if we if you're listening, we hope that that's not. Man, I hope you have a long soon. life, yeah. and I hope you love Jesus one day. So, yeah. um, oh. so, <laughs> um, but 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 say that um, say that that happens, right? Bringing people back to the hope that we have in Christ, I think, is the main thing, right? Uh, Romans five verses three through five basically say like, hey, when we suffer. Um, it's an opportunity to build strength of character and endurance. And, um, and it's, it's really, it's our main verse for this month, but strength of character and endurance and hope that is found in Christ, like that, the endurance that comes from hope that is found in Christ. And I think reminding them of the hope that's found in Christ, I think is, is very, uh, is a very big, big deal. Like having some sort of, some sort of empathy, um, with them. And me and you have talked about our views on what, empathy actually is, but at least saying, man, I see you, I'm sorry. And you know, we're going to get through this together, but guess what? The way we get through it is through the hope that we find in Christ, the hope that we find in Christ and, and Jesus's hope doesn't run out. Right. It's still there because it's eternal because it doesn't, it's not for this life. It's hope for the next thing. It's hope in the things that are unseen. And so I think pulling people back to the truth of scripture is the most important thing that you can do to help someone. Yeah. So let's give people who are listening to this, um, some like a roadmap or some tools or like warnings, let's say, um, what do you think are, right now the most sneakiest and dangerous forms of idolatry and i'll, I'll answer first i i think that i think one of them is um false teachings about jesus i think that if you have enough mm. false false teachings about jesus you end up with a jesus that is an idol you end mm. up with your understanding of Jesus is not Jesus, and therefore that that Jesus yeah. is an idol. Yeah, yeah. You mean woke Jesus Christ on Instagram? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Paul in Galatians is very, very like strong. Like he is of any letter. I love Galatians because it starts off. Paul's like, "Oh, greetings to you, peace in Jesus Christ." Like his normal intro for all of his letters, and then he's like, "And you guys have failed me because you have turned to another gospel." And he says this. He says, "Even." I need you to believe in the gospel and the Jesus that we have preached to you so far, because even if even if an angel came down and started presenting a different gospel, you need to toss them away because it's not true. Like he is so emphatic about making sure that we believe in the I'm air quoting 
right Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the wrong one is not Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So any any false version of Jesus isn't Jesus, right? And there are so many of them out there, right? Yeah. Any false version of faith or false version of Christianity, and these are the dangerous things because it's so easy to slip into, and our, our world is full of them. Um, yeah. That, but they don't ever lead to salvation. Yeah. So that overload of like. Uh, false versions of Jesus and just the overload of information in general in the internet age is the, is one of the greatest threats when it comes to this form of idolatry, but it is also, it also helps you with your remedy. So one of the things I would say, uh, the obvious answer to this, to fixing this particular form of idolatry, idolatry is to read your Bible. Um, But another way of thinking about it might be to listen to a bunch of different preachers. I mean, just yeah. listen to a bunch of different ones. And then read your Bible yeah, and right. ask the Holy Spirit to correctly discern yeah. what it is that needs to be spoken. Right, because if you, received. if you just have one teacher and that's who you look to all the time, it's like, man, you're putting a lot on the shoulders of that yeah. person. And even if, yep. they, if that person has good character and integrity, they might just be wrong about something yeah. and not realize it. And so you can do that. Um, I had one of my church members correct me the other day because I, I said something. And that, like... I have been trying to get my churches to a place where if I do say something inaccurate and I didn't purposely say it inaccurate, it was just a misinformation. They came up and corrected me on it. They were like, Oh, but this says this right here. You were wrong. And I was like, Oh, you're right. I'm grateful that you are at a place now mm-hmm. where you know the Bible well enough. Um, and you are discerning enough to be able to call out your preachers. Preachers should be called out if they're in wrong. Mm-hmm. Problem is we don't do that anymore. No one does that. Because no one knows their Bible well. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So you asked, what are the most dangerous? Man, I've got so many, but (laughs) I'm going to try to... Oh, dude, I have so many. So, so many. Can we just do rapid fire? Yeah. Let me do some rapid fire on you. Okay. So I'm going to say inside and outside the church. Let's do outside first. Outside the church, politics. Ooh. um, And or (laughs) social justice. Ooh. Uh, Also, yes, sex is definitely one. And your working identity. So what you actually do for a living or what you do for school or Mm. your accomplishments, Mm. sports, uh, musicians, actors, actresses. Um, But let me get for for real for a second. Um, Another one that is massive right now is self-care and self-love. That is a major idol. Whenever you make, and I will even... I will blur that one over into the church world as well. That even inside of the church, we have made an idol of self-care and self-love. The Enneagram is also an idol that I think that people will fall into a lot that Mm -hmm. maybe we don't recognize that we fall into. Enneagram or really any any one of your personality tests that you want to say, well, that's just how I am and God can't change, you know. That's the way God made me. It's and there's immutable. no room for change. Yeah. No immutable thing. Exactly. God. Yeah. No. And I think even, um, so that's pretty much outside of the church. Um, and those are again, quick hitters. I would say inside the church um, is comfort. You did say that. And I think comfort goes into the degree of, well, my bed is really comfortable on Sunday morning and I can sip a nice cup of coffee while I watch online and not worry about having actual community. Um, and so that's one thing. I think another thing is, well, you know, I had a long weekend. I've got a lot of studying to do, so I'm just not going to go to this Bible study or I'm not going to go to this worship night. Um, I'm not going to take every single opportunity I could to meet with God and to commune with his people because I've got all these other things to take care of. Now, I realize there's responsibilities you have, but that's where self-care 
um, starts to blur over a little bit into um, maybe the best self-care you can do is to commune with God's people and with him. Just just throwing that out there. Maybe that's uh-huh. the case. Um, also, uh, within the church, I've done this many times, and Josh mentioned it, worship leaders and worship bands yeah. or musicians. We can do it just as much as anybody outside of the church can. Yeah. I mean, I know there's been plenty of times where I have idolized Hillsong and or uh, Bethel and or Maverick City just as much as anybody could have idolized Harry Styles. So I've been there as well. Um, We can also idolize a particular worship style. Um, I got a card in my box the other day that asked me to start singing songs that that person knew and they were anonymous. And I'm like, (laughs) what the heck, man? Like I'm just singing songs that, that, you know, say we believe in Jesus. Um, so so we can can go to, yeah, go ahead. uh, Another comment and I think worship, um, can be one of the sneakiest things because no one questions worship, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just worship. It's just worship. Right. The problem is, uh, so we're going to take another wide view of scripture, um, the things that we do in worship mirror almost identically the things that were happening in idol worship. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. Second Kings. We're just, I'm just bringing it back every time. What were they doing? They were yelling. They were shouting. Mm-hmm. They were emotionally trying to invoke. They things. were cutting themselves with swords. We don't, we don't do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we also don't lock do that, that one off. But the, the, <laughs> lock the there would have been sword. music. Thought about it. There would have been music. There would have been loud chanting. There would have been uh, a large amount of emotional evocation going on. Well, which, it's just like a concert. Anybody who's there right. listening yeah, to yeah, anybody yeah. at a concert, so, they're singing the song. So along. concerts, I right. think hap- that happens a lot, but within the church, that happens in worship, right? Mm-hmm. Which means it is absolutely paramount for worship leaders and pastors to be framing the context exceptionally well. If I walk into a church and I don't hear a worship pastor or pastor framing what is happening in worship, I think they have failed in their job quite miserably because there is such a line between worshiping idols in worship and worshiping God in worship, right? Yeah. And we make the worship itself the idol. Yeah, 100%. Right. I mean, I've, right. I've led well, worship for a long time, yeah. and I've done that myself, and I've right. seen it within the church of like, I love worship. Yeah, well, what do you think about the teaching? Uh, what, what happened right, in the right. teaching? What did God do in you in that? What is praiseworthy about the teaching? Or what well, about when the remember. song said you have to <laughs> cut out things in your life and yeah. you haven't done any of it? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we... We worship the experience, or we, yeah, we worship the experience mm. and we lift up the experience of worship as an idol instead of the one that the worship right. is to be for, yeah. right? And I, I think, you know, I hope this doesn't happen at United, but I wouldn't be shocked if that did happen at United, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we do a good job at framing what is going on, but um, how many times do you actually sit and listen and think through the lyrics that we're mm-hmm. singing? Yeah. yeah. Not often. Right. And that's a problem because when you don't even know what you're singing and you've just gone into autopilot mode, you are no longer worshiping God. You were just there for the experience. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. So to go off of what you just said, Caleb, like sometimes, and this is actually something that God has been teaching me within the past like two weeks is that I love worship. I love the music. I love it. Like it's one of my favorite things that I get to do. But that can, like Caleb said, it can become a distraction, you know? So sometimes you don't even know what you're singing. And yep. if you were at our last Unite, like we actually took time to just sit in the quiet, to just let invite God into that, hear what he has to say. 
and to cut out all those other distractions. So like, man, if you get the opportunity, sometimes you just need to turn the music off and just sit in the stillness and in the quiet and just hear God's voice. Um, But also real quick, I think that we also tend to idolize our preferences. So Kendall just said that he had someone put in a request. Oh, play songs we know. First off, this isn't about you. You know, like the worship, it, it's about, it's about Jesus. And if you're sitting there listening to the lyrics, like, yeah, God loves me as he finds me, you know, thank you God for pulling me out of that pit. Yeah, that's amazing. But the main thing is God, it is God. And it's not my preferences. So sometimes, and Kendall can attest to this, sometimes we have to sing songs that we don't like or that we're not yes. necessarily a fan of. Or that we're tired of. Or that we're tired we've done of. It every or, week for four weeks. Or that we're tired of, but we need to, we need, we really need to push away our preferences and what we like. And it's just like, hey, I may not like this, but it's not about me. Like, why am I doing what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Am I singing these songs because I think they're cool? Or am I singing this song and praising Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? So let's close on this. Um, Imagine somebody's listening to this podcast and they say, oh no, I'm an idolater. I recognize a lot of these things that are consistent with idolatry in my own life. What advice do you have for a person who struggles with idolatry and walk me through what they should expect to happen to themselves once they uh, put their faith in Jesus and break free from that idolatry? Mm. Um, Number one, uh, so I'll do a 1A and a 1B, okay? Um, 1A is repent as soon as you recognize, (laughs) like as soon as you recognize I've been putting this as an idol, or maybe this is an idol, repent, which means think differently, turn the other way, start to walk in a different direction. So if you're spending eight hours a day focusing on one thing, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe just cut back a little bit somehow, like ask and ask God to help you in that. Also. The one B is that this is a process. This is the this is what's called the sanctification process. Mm-hmm. So there is salvation, which is a one-time, like, boom, you're saved, you're covered by the blood of Jesus, and right. that comes from confession and belief, and boom, you're saved. You're in the house of, of God, right? But there is also sanctification, which means the, uh, which basically means the slow cutting away of flesh, essentially, like of, of who you used to be or of who you are even now and becoming more like Christ. And yeah. that is a life long process. That process does not end until we are met with Jesus face to face and we fall down at his feet and throw our crowns at, at, at the father. Like yeah. that, that doesn't, that just is going to take forever. There is going to be something when I am 60 years old that I am idolizing that I'm going to need to repent from. Yeah. Maybe it's retirement or whatever. Like, right. but there's, I'm going to idolize something. So sanctification, that so repent. Boat in the, yeah. on the lake. <laughs> so <laughs> repent, like do something different. And understand that it is a process. So don't beat yourself up if you're listening to this and don't beat yourself up about it and say, God, please help me in this process to continue to cut away who I used to be. I also think you have to have eyes to see because idols aren't static things, right? What you have as an idol as a 15 year old is probably going to be different from your idol at 35, 50, 60, right? So you have to be able to, like, people pick up and drop idols all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about idols. You just 
a new thing comes in, you're like, oh, this is what yeah. I want to write. People do this all the time. Um, so you have to have eyes to see what are habits of mine that I know about myself, what are uh, values of mine that I know that X, Y, and Z thing is significantly more likely to become an idol. I don't care terribly much for working out, so it's not ever going to become an idol for me. I assure you that, right? But there are lots of things like napping and things of that nature. I love naps. Um, that like Amen. the 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 like the overabundance of like self care things. That is something I'm more likely. You're never going to fall into that, but I'm more likely to fall in that. Whereas oh. you're like more likely to fall into like working out, becoming an idol, and yeah. I'm never going to fall. Or into just that. being a workaholic. And yeah, just yeah, yeah. All day. Right. So it's like you have to know what your particular what you value a lot, um, what kind of your natural default settings are, because those are going to lend themselves to particular forms of idolatry. Mm -hmm. So know yourself. Yeah. And I would just add know thyself. Who said that? <laughs> Lots of people. For Lots, Lots of, of people. people. <laughs> it probably said that. Um, <laughs> Wasn't it Aristotle? St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm. That guy was like 700 pounds. Did you know that? No. Yeah. St. Thomas Aquinas is like, so if you don't know, St. Thomas Aquinas is a really important thinker for the church uh, about 800 years ago. Um, but the guy weighed like 600 pounds. Wow. No joke. Wow. Yeah. He's a so, big The dude. only reason I mentioned him is because you two dudes are like so freaking. He definitely. So like studied and I just don't care. <laughs> so that's the only reason I said his name. Maybe well, he, he said needed that, to hang out with you to get his button shaped, yeah. but he, he's he dead now. He definitely so. didn't idolize exercise. No, he did not. Naps. He did idolize Naps. food, Naps though. Naps and food. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, look, you know, when you drop an idol, don't think that it, you're just going to wake up one morning and it's the sun is going to shine on your face and you're going to feel free and alive again. Breakups hurt, man. Like even, even yeah. in a situation where it's not right. You know, like your relationship to that idol is not right. It's toxic. It's bad. It's still going to suck whenever you get rid of it. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. It's going to be painful. You're going to have to, like Kendall said, cutting off the flesh of yourself. Yeah. Like you're going to have to burn away the parts that are yeah, yeah, bad yeah. about you. And so there's, you know, you're, it's going to feel wrong. It's going to feel like, oh man, I sh I'm going to let this thing go. Oh no, it hurts so much. I must be doing the wrong thing. It's like, ah. no, yeah, right. Yeah. You, you got to just walk through it. And so, um, you know, and we went through all the reasons why walking through it and coming out on the other side is, I want to say one more thing it. before you, uh, before we close out another thing. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. You can have the last word. Psalm 139. Um, no, no, no I, you should have the last word if you're okay. in the scripture. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Uh, Another big scripture view. <laughs> Put so, a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. So another, I'm just, this is the third. So perfect timing, three. Another big picture view of scripture. Um, every time an idol shows up and Israel gets rid of the idol. So typically what happens, idol shows up some sort. People have idols, make idols, don't put God in a prophet or someone has to come in and kick them all out and get people to turn to God, right? And that happens. The problem is those same idols rear their heads again. So if you think that you have given up an idol and it is gone for good, um, you are going to fail because it, I assure you it's going to rear its ugly head again. Yeah. And so it's not like a one-time thing. So you have to be careful in thinking that the moment you give up an idol, that is just like, oh, it's done. It might That mm -hmm. one might be done. It could be. It More likely than not, it's going to rear its head and it might just take on a different form. So you have to be cautious of those things. Okay, now go, Psalm. Here is what you can do right now. As soon as this ends and Michael tells you to come to the next Unite, this is what you can do. Psalm 139, verse 20, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you 
and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Pray that every morning and see if your life doesn't change. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Guys, uh, thank you for listening to the ULOC podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the ULOC podcast presented by United IUP. If you would like to join our community, visit unitediup.com or follow us on Instagram at unitediup. United meets every Tuesday at 727 p.m. in the Indiana Theater located at 637 Philadelphia Street in Indiana, PA. Come live United.